hey you. I want to share with you something that I genuinely think will transform your life and your business, to be honest. HDX is open from now until May 17 with a few special bonuses. Join before May 11 and get my eight-week Purpose and Abundance course completely free, which is $888 worth of value. And if you join before May 17, we're actually going to give you $999 off our upcoming Mexico retreat. I mean, how good a freaking deal is that? And if you join before May 17, then you'll be in time for two amazing bonus classes this month in HDX with my personal business consultant, Nikki Rowley. Now, this is the woman that has helped scale my business significantly in the last year or so, and I am sharing her with my HDX community. She'll be teaching on how to grow and scale for business and what strategies and structures will actually get you there. She will also host a bonus business Q&A, which means you can actually ask my consultant anything you want to ask her about growing and scaling your business. This is an opportunity that could transform your life and your business, so don't miss out. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Human Design Podcast with me, your host, Emma Dunwoody. I'm a qualified master coach and human behavior specialist, as well as being a qualified human design coach. And I work with clients every single day to answer the big questions. Who am I? Why am I here? And what is my purpose? I also assist them to transition from the person they think they should be to the person they really are on the inside. I teach people how to actually live their design instead of just knowing it. And if this is something that you want to do too, well, stay tuned or reach out for private coaching or human design unpacks where I show you exactly how to live your design. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to the December Transits episode. And oh my goodness, there is so much ahead However, before we get into this episode, we of course need to hear from the incredible Liz Zamorski. And I've got to say, Liz, from your reading, when we did the transits last month, I was like, oh my God, that's what Liz said. Oh my God, that's what Liz said. So I'm really, really excited to hear what you've got to say about December. Well, I'm excited too. And I'm so glad to hear that because as things were unfolding for even me, I was like, oh my gosh, that's what I said. That's what I said. So it's a wild ride. So I hope everybody's really basking in this kind of Sagittarius season glow that we were talking about in the November transits episode, but for December, oh, the words came through immediately. Your flow becomes fire. All of that intuitive work you've been doing, all of that clearing out of your channel, clearing out doubts, trusting, being patient resting, especially for those of us for whom it's very difficult, but you really did that work, that watery work, and it created that flow again. It really started picking up in very tangible ways. However, you're now so aware of where that flow is blocked because you're so in the flow that any blockage is really standing out to you as an anomaly. And so the tarot is saying for this month, Where the flow has felt blocked, it's time to go back to the basics. We've spent so much time being creative. It's like we've 
been digging out a whole lake bed to hold all of this watery energy when really what the universe is guiding us to do is just create a little channel, dig a smaller trench, get back to that basic. It doesn't have to be far and wide. It just has to be a channel through which all of this creativity can flow. Mm. It's time to set some boundaries with your inner child. They're holding a lot of regret and I'll say karmic energy. I'm not saying whether it's good or bad, but our inner children are so powerful at reminding us of things. And so it's time to set some boundaries there. You've done a lot of work with them. We've been calling for that for a while. And now it's time to let them rest too. So let that flow have a more narrow channel to flow through and it's going to really light you up. And that's when things are going to start happening even faster where all of those little pins click into the lock and the door swings open. So there's this cheeky little thing at the end where the universe is going ready or not, but isn't it more fun when you feel ready? So that's it for this month's transits episode. Oh my God, that was so good. What do you want people to know about you at the moment? Yes. So November, we have the advanced tarot course, which is actually already sold out. So if you missed that, it's going to be happening again early next year. So keep your eyes peeled. I have my amazing 12 month insight readings already starting to book up now. And that's where we go month by month for the next year, going through the energies, giving you a roadmap of where you can kind of look for red flags or where things are going to be feeling some relief. So 12 month insight readings are booking up. Definitely hit me up there on my website to book in your time. Oh my God. I have to do that. I have to get that, get in before people kick me out of my spot. I know because half of November is already booked and half of December is already gone. Um, And this year it's really juicy because I'm including a bullet journal with it. So it's not only going to be a reflection with affirmations for you and journal prompts for every month, but it's also going to be in the style of a bullet journal. So there's going to be all kinds of extra fun pages that you can use as an adult coloring book that you can use for gratitude rituals. There's going to be moon information in there. So it's just chock full of extras. Uh, yeah. Oh my really God. I want mine right now. I need to like, I, I need to be like, oh, I'm on it. I'm on it. Okay. Get on it. Yeah. Um, so the 12 month insight readings are really big and, uh, yes, we are going to have our retreat next summer. We haven't released the dates yet. That's going to be coming up within the next month, but mark your calendars for sometime in July to come to Sweden and huh, expand, explore and reconnect with yourselves in the land. So oh my God. Oh my God. That. All the stories that I heard from that retreat, I was like so jealous that I wasn't there. So far out, people, keep your eyes open and do book in because I feel like for me, this monthly check-in, it makes such a big difference. It's so grounding. Um, And in many cases, it's very, I don't love the word validating, but it's very validating. It really helps me go, okay, yep, I can really trust me. Like, cause I'm constantly not going on, you know, the pre-made road or where I inverted commas should be going. So it really supports me in that journey each month. So go check out all the links in the show notes to work with the incredible Liz Zamorski. Thanks, Liz. Thank you. Have a great month. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of the Human Design Podcast. I am here with the amazing Jenny Crowther. Welcome, Jenny. Hi, Emma. Hi, everyone. 
And we're here, of course, to talk about the transits for December coming up to the end of the year. I've got to be honest, as we record this, I'm already packing my bags, you know, like I am like that we are just about done and dusted and we've got some Mm. crazy, amazing things um, that we're going to get to before the end of the year. So if, if for all of you out there, if you have not joined our free live masterclass, it's happening next week, which is all about discovering your greatness. It's the um, purpose and abundance masterclass. Please go to the links in the show notes and come and join us because it is going to be epic. And I'm so looking forward to some of the surprises that we're going to um, share at the end of that. So, but we're actually here to talk about December, sort of review November. Um, November's been a crazy ass month for me. Like I just kept pulling card after card, like death and ending and shedding and, you know, like all of this sort of stuff. Um, And then I just noticed, like, as we record this, it's probably like a week ago, um, all of a sudden it's like the seed, the light, the new beginning, like all of this stuff. So I'm really excited and I definitely feel that way. I felt like I've done a lot of heavy lifting this year in a good way. Um, and I really feel like the like stuff's starting to happen and shift. And I know um, even Liz Zamorski talked about this on her mini um, uh you know, intro to November. And then she, she sort of touched on this for December. I'm starting to feel that expansion. It's, it's exciting, but I'm definitely in need of a holiday at the same time. So over to you, Jen. Well, yeah, I mean, that, um, that feeling is also something that I can, I really feel that the definitely that process of death, rebirth, and then shift. And also I was with some friends a couple of weeks ago, we had like an evening where we got together and we did pull tarot and, Death was in my set as well. And I was like, yes, come on, <laughs> nearly there, nearly at rebirth. So um, I think for me, I've been thinking about it in terms of the individual mutation circuitry that the nodes have been in all year and we've had all this activation in. And then in November, we had the the middle part of the central channel from the sacral to the throat on for about a week. So 14 connecting up with two which is the in uh, in the G center and then one connecting up with eight in the throat from the G center to the throat. And that week was um, what you described as that seed of like, that seemed to me to be the, the apex of this mutated process that seems to have been going on. Certainly I've felt it in my own body. Um, for me, it's, it's felt very physical um, as in it's felt it felt like the energy that I used to have for certain things has completely dropped away. Oh, I so um, concur with that far out. It's like anything that I that isn't in alignment, like in streamlined alignment with my highest direction, I guess, or purpose, the energy is just not there for. I it's physically painful for me. You know, I come out of certain situations with full body nerve pain and migraines Mm. and I have to pay attention to that and it was happening to a a degree it was happening kind of happening when I was alone quite a lot and I was like I got so sick of it I was like you know shaking my fists at the sky what do you want from me what like why so much pain and I got this very clear voice in my head that just said delete Instagram off your phone and I was like Mm. oh is that it so I deleted Instagram off my phone and 
lo and behold, all that pain went away for, yeah, from that wow. point. So now I've always had this theory that my body will cause me pain if there's something I'm doing that is not in alignment for me. Yeah. Um, and it seems to be the case. And it's a, it's inconvenient and it's making me pretty antisocial <laughs> because a lot of it is social, you know, just general social engagement that has no real deep spiritual purpose anything yeah. that I do you know that's kind of just neither here nor there um is it yeah it doesn't it doesn't sit well with my body so for now for the time being I'm having to um th- that's my like when I think about those words individual mutation and I think about what might that feel like in the body that for me is individual mutation I've changed <laughs> basically yeah. yeah well I can't do that anymore yeah it's transformation you know someone actually asked me this on an insta live today like what is mutation like mm. it's this big yep. esoteric it just means change like really yep. it means change and when yep. we're talking about that that individual mutative circuitry we're talking about this feels uncomfortable whatever this mm-hmm. is this feels mm-hmm. uncomfortable I need to change and it does mm-hmm. start in the individual you know and once it's once it that that ball of a snowball starts to to uh, roll and get bigger it transforms the individual the tribe the collective so that's really what we're talking about and I totally oh my goodness I resonate with what you're saying like in some places um and I've sort of said this month this month I started going I'm just so tired I'm just so tired I'm just so tired but in the last week what's really really freaking crazy like uh, my alarm goes off at 5am, but at like 4.50, I'm like, ping, like I'm up, I'm meditating, I'm doing my stuff. You know, I feel awake, I feel full of energy. But then the moment I go to do something that isn't in alignment, like exactly like you said, it used to be, why mm-hmm. is it not now? And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden I'm like falling asleep in my chair or I just cannot be bothered. I can't drag mm-hmm. myself to do it. And I just think like, wow it's almost like my my body and my inner authority has completely gone to the next level that it's like it's just a hard no it's just a Mm -hmm. freaking hard no so and I love it at this time of year it's brilliant because I did also realize that I did something similar last year and obviously Mm -hmm. we have similarities in the transits and Mm -hmm. so I was reflecting on the lessons that I learned and I can be very quick to make decisions you know I made some fast decisions instead of listening to my solar plexus last year so I'm not jumping to any conclusions this year. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. I totally resonate with what you were saying. And like my body can be can feel so great, strong, full of energy, happy. And then in the next minute, if I'm not doing the thing that lights me up, all of a sudden I feel like I'm exhausted and I just want to sleep yeah. for a week. It's crazy. Yeah. And if we extrapolate that out um, into like a global pattern, if you like, it's almost like we like if you think about energy and i know you know anyone that's a scientist would be like they don't even know what they're saying when they use the word t- term energy i'm talking about like force or life force or the power to do something we as certainly western humanity have been wasting energy like you know leaving the lights on and you know literally wasting energy wasting mm-hmm. electricity wasting heating wasting gas wasting all these forms of energy for so long you know and we're getting to a point now with the 
financial energy crisis that we can't afford to waste energy anymore. And that I feel is just being mirrored in our bodies. It's like we can't afford to waste any energy, physical or like external. There's just a generalized theme of can you stop wasting energy, please? Yeah. I love that. And, you know, like if we, again, like the what's the metaphor there? The metaphor is like it's this we're getting to that tipping point where we have to be really freaking honest with ourselves, like everywhere from the government's down, you know, everyone needs to be, okay, am I wasting my energy? And sometimes you're going to be wasting your energy trying to be a better version of yourself and, and maybe you need to find another way. And in many cases, and probably not listeners to this podcast, but in many cases, people are just wasting their energy, like being asleep, creating things that don't matter, um, not creating the change that they do need to make. Like it's that, that's the piece that I feel like, you know, all the work that we're doing is helping as many people wake up to the fact that they are wasting their life force energy, Mm. literally Mm. wasting their Mm. life force energy. Yeah. Yeah. And my observation has always been that your body will make it impossible for you eventually. You know, it will whisper, then it will speak to you, and then it will start screaming at you. And so you and I are both really quite attuned, I think, to what the body's trying to tell us so that we constantly tweaking our, you know, the way that we're spending our time. But the... But what I'm seeing, like, generally in, in the people around me is they're worried about it. They think there's something wrong with them. They're getting diagnosed with ME or whatever. They're getting medicine, like getting prescribed things for it because they, they're like, well, I used to be able to do all this, so there must be something wrong with me. Whereas I, of course, look at it from the global pattern perspective as myself as a just a facet or a reflect reflection of the the generalized pattern. So I personally I don't worry about it. I'm I just adapt to it. And conversely, I spent a week last week with my meditation uh group and my energy was fine (laughs) like yeah totally fine (laughs) because I was with the people and doing the thing that is purpose for me that is absolutely on purpose so um yeah the more time I spend meditating the less pain I'm in because it's the thing that right now is necessary for my development you know yeah and isn't it interesting as well like in in your peers and and your part of the world like no wonder you feel that way you know, you're going into winter. You're meant to feel that way, right? You're meant to be slowing down, recharging your batteries, Mm -hmm. um, sleeping more, like all of those things. And again, it's just that um, the thing that that humans have been conditioned to do and and fight the natural law. And yeah. And it's the, it's the, it's it's an identity piece as well. You know, a huge part of it. I think the biggest difficulty is the identity piece if we've been able to do something for a long period of time and we can no longer do it it's we have to have a bit of a identity shift because we can no longer identify with that energized you know like jet setter or like hardworking or whatever the identity that we were attached to so I think that for me when I but certainly when I'm talking to clients one-on-one it's almost like they can feel it but the hardest part is who who am I will yeah. I be loved and accepted if I become this new version of yeah of me yeah and I feel like that's just a massive theme that everyone's I mean from a behavioral point of view everyone's experiencing it all the time but I just feel it's massively amplified at the moment mm. you know because yeah. the entire planet is reinventing yeah. 
who we are, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then there was that rush, right? That rush in the middle of um, November where everyone was like, wee! I noticed it in our mastermind group. I was like, everyone suddenly like, oh my God, this week I've been on a massive high and everyone was just pinging. And yeah, so there was definitely this huge rush of certainly in the groups that I'm yeah. circulating in where suddenly there was a, a bit of a like foot off that, you know, oppressive feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, what, transits-wise, what's causing this? I don't know. Possibly that activation of the the central channel of that individual mutation, which I always think when a channel activates like that, and particularly when it's two channels in the same circuit, they like it's almost like it flushes through. So, like I talked about this quite a lot with the spleen. Like I felt like my, you know, when that spleen process in October was going, I felt like there was like sickness or illness or like residual virus or whatever flushing through the spleen. Um, and here I felt like there was this flush of sacral energy, of power. Um, but I'm also, while I was on retreat, I would come out of the meditation hall every night and l- I was compelled almost to stand and look up at Jupiter in the sky. And Neptune is sitting right next to Jupiter, although you can't see it with the naked eye, but it's right next to it because Jupiter's in 25 and Neptune's in 36 and those gates are next to each other on the wheel. and there was something about that. There was a real presence that I could feel from those two planets, like Neptune sitting in gate 36, which has been for a long time, like working behind the scenes on emotional crisis and how we progress and change through emotional crisis and how we learn to have compassion for ourselves and others while we're in that process. And then Jupiter creating abundance in the gate of universal love. Like for me, that capacity to embody universal love particularly that week was deeper and stronger than i've ever felt before like i i've i've had this seed of an idea or this seed of a thought process or a um projection of how it could be like how humans could be how mm. i could be and for that week and i'm desperately trying to hang on to it and cultivate it now it was i was like of course it was coursing through my body. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is what it would be like to live with an open heart where the, the nervous system has relaxed enough to allow the heart to open, to allow openness and interaction. And the fact that I kept looking up at Jupiter and, and, and subsequently Neptune in the sky and being like, I'm enjoying this. <laughs> like I can feel it. I can feel what you're doing. And as we're recording this podcast right now on the 23rd, we are not only a new moon moment, but um, Jupiter is stationing direct, like as we speak, in that gate, in the gate of universal love. So it, I think it's an ideal until it's real, you know, until you actually feel it in your body and you you notice the way that you can access that field of love. Mm. It's just wishful thinking, right? And then when it really happens, you're like, okay. <laughs> All that intention setting, all that focus, all of that attention on this as a state of being, it will manifest eventually. 100%. And it's interesting because um, I was having this conversation with someone and even on um, a podcast interview that I just did that will be coming out soon. Like I know for me, you know, that state that you talk about, I'm really grateful to say like I live in that state mostly now Mm. like I really do and it's definitely I've definitely felt an amplification of it um 
you know, again, I don't know why. I, I even said to a friend of mine this morning, it's really weird. It's like, I just don't have the fear. And because I've got an undefined spleen, like fear is just something mm. I talk a lot about it. Like I've just built my muscle around being able to lean into it. It's kind of like, it's always there, but it's mm. not there anymore. So, mm. you know, maybe this is part of this whole, um, and it's not that it's not there at all, but it's even those this last month, I've really noticed like getting on podcast interviews where usually I might have a, a few nerves before being interviewed or being interviewed by other people or, um, you know, um, I don't know, like meeting new people, the things like I can't even think about the things that I'm afraid of, you know, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I totally agree. Like if we're constantly setting that intention to actually live in this space where we can be connected to love and experience love, be love. Um, it's absolutely 100% there and accessible. And what's really interesting to me, um, and again, I've been also working with a coach who's amazing. She's a, I don't know what she calls herself. She's going to be on the podcast, um, but everything for her is spiritual. You know, everything come back, back, back down. You can talk about business, but she's, it all comes back to this connection to source, God, universe. She mm. calls it love. Um, mm. and you know, we've had some crazy, amazing moments and, and, uh, connection moments and, and this sort of thing to source to God. Um, and in my ego, in my mind, I was like, it, it should feel like this and it should feel like that. But, oh my God, it didn't feel like that at all. It was just this peace. It was so mm. beautiful. And, um, I think that's also, I think we're all being exposed to those moments and having the opportunity just to go, oh, wow, I'm just going to experience this moment right now Mm. without needing to control it or, you know, hold on to it or anything like that because, you know, what we focus on grows. So Mm -hmm. I'm not sure where I was going with that, but it just felt like it was relevant and I loved sharing. Yeah, well, I think that's it. It's like... I've I've met people and I've known people who exist in that state of fearless open-heartedness, vulnerability, but realness, and and also feel they're deeply connected. And it's been so aspirational for me, you know, over the course of like probably the last ten years, if not longer. And for me to finally being a be able to embody some of those energies myself is mm-hmm. such a relief. Yeah, because there's a long period in the wilderness. I think where you're like, am I? ever gonna get over my stuff like this feels like a really long journey yeah I resonate and, you know I'm not sure I'm sure my some more of my stuff will, will show itself but like I'm just enjoy like you say I'm just enjoying this moment of oh yeah. wow yeah. this stuff like this work works and yeah. it is possible for me to exist in this state yeah you know I love that and I for all of you listening like I actually just want to say like one of the greatest gifts for me that, you know, I have the gate five um, and I have the gate five. I think it's in my um, my SQ with the line six and it's like patience, patience, patience. And, mm-hmm. you know, this, this next birthday in February, it's 20 years, 20 years that I've been, I started my mental health mm-hmm. journey. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think this is the piece, like, there's so many of us with these great intentions, but we do have to allow it to be or arrive mm. or experience when it does, you know? Mm. Mm. Um, and it's definitely been the experience for me. And I'm the same. Like I'm sure I've got other stuff that's going to show up, you know, new level all of a sudden mm. it's there again. I am, you know, I'm not 
Um, I'm not Eckhart Tolle, who is sitting on a bench, like in love with life like that constantly. However, I just feel that, you know, for everyone listening, like it, it, uh, no one is different or special, you know, like we all have the opportunity to have these experiences. And the scariest thing we do is open our heart, you know, and I I feel like um, even just going through the Gene Keys Venus sequence, I've talked a lot about it on Mastermind 2.0, like um, I sort of was like, yeah, I don't really need to do this. And I've been through it three times now and I was like, what the actual fuck? Um, So all this work, if you're listening to this podcast, like every single thing that you're investing in yourself, the time, the energy, the intention, the tears, the heartache, the releasing of trauma, um, the the shadow work, it's all worth it. It's all worth it. And we believe in you, you know, I I get that that question a lot at the moment because I'm doing a lot of podcast interviews. Like, what do you want people to know? Just believe in yourself, you know, believe in you because everything that you're looking for is inside of you. Um, and just don't give up, just keep mm. connecting. Keep yeah, up. I mean, it's that piece where it don't give up because there's been times where I've been like, I have been at this for years and nothing seems to be happening, and the fact is it is happening. Mm-hmm. It's just, like you said, patience. I also have gate five double activations in my Neptune. So patience is elusive sometimes for me, but it's yeah. it's such an important um, aspect of the journey, and gratitude being the other I mean my god you work with Emma you get bashed over the head with gratitude every day (laughs) for sure but it is absolutely I think the key that unlocks the that state and that's you know I'm saying I was in this state of open-heartedness I was sobbing all week because I was so grateful for my life I was like just just like good distraught because I was just like oh my god I'm so happy I've got so much why would I ever want anything more? This is, I have everything right now. You know, when you actually feel that and come to that realization, if I wasn't allowing myself to cry, if I wasn't allowing myself to be heartbroken about it, then I wouldn't feel it. Like the feeling actually is heartbreak, but like in a really nice way. So, mm. oh, I love yeah. that. I love that. Um, there was something else I wanted to respond to that you said that was golden, but poof, poof. Um, I just want to mention, because what we're describing, like if I look at this through the lens of the mechanics of human design, we are describing a knowing of self-love. And with Jupiter in gate 25, which is part of the centering circuit, I have gate 51 hanging. So that creates the channel of initiation between the heart center and the G center, which is part of the centering circuit. And Um, Currently, as we're recording, we've got the sun in gate 34, which is also the fuel for this centering circuit, which eventually feeds into gate 10, which will be activated by the sun around the solstice, but is currently being activated. Let me check by Mars and Mercury, uh, sorry, Venus and Mercury, I think. Not yet, but it will be in December. So there's a whole period of gate 10 in December. Um, That's like the inner bit of the individual knowing circuit, and it, it goes through the gate of self-love and the gate of universal love and it's you know fueled by these this willful desire for it and this sacral power for it and so when we look at that in a bit of circuit the theme of that is i know i am loved and i know i love myself and But that that knowing comes and goes is basically what, what it says it's like it's either on or it's not on and you and can be very confused about that 
or very clear about that. And right now, both of us seem to be very clear about that. Yeah. But it comes and goes is what I'm saying. Exactly. And, and it does. And the, and the thing that I really want people to hear is that self-love isn't something that you achieve. Okay. It's something that you clear away the mess that, that is, you know, occupying your awareness so that you can experience it. You know, it's that classic um, thing with headspace that I listen to. Andy Puttacombe is always talking about the blue sky, the blue sky, the blue sky. I'm sure it's a Buddhist thing. It is. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's always there. But the the other misconception about self-love is I think like it's like when I do this or I be that, I'll get there. Nope. Mm-hmm. Self-love, like my entire mission for myself and now the planet is to help people love, trust, and accept themselves exactly how they are right now in this moment. That yes. is what self-love is. So if you're yes. in a time where you are maybe you've just made the worst decision of your life as your ego tells you maybe you've been someone you never thought you would be um maybe you're experiencing things that you feel like oh well how can i possibly love myself this way if you just choose to love yourself anyway in those moments because there are plenty of moments that i don't love myself or i perceive that i don't love myself and the moment i catch myself i'm just like I love myself just as I am right now. Mm. And that's where real self-love comes from. You know, those mm. moments, those imperfections, those things, because then you become, you know, like the word that came up, but I don't think it's the right word, is bulletproof. Like really when you take a hit, you're like, oh, well, because you're not attached. You're not attached to having to be a certain way or do a certain thing or achieve mm. something or mm anything. You just like, I just love myself because it's a choice that I'm going to make every day. And when we have these, these transits and these energy, let's say you're, this isn't a muscle that you've been working on for a long time. So feel into it. Feel like, oh, that's what it feels like. That's how, you know, I have this inside of me all the time that I can access because Mm -hmm. it's almost amplifying that. So Mm Yeah, I just wanted to share that because I feel like everyone's on a self-love journey, right? We all are. Otherwise we wouldn't be here. We would be enlightened. Sure. And I, I had the same conversation literally this week with, with a client. She was like, she's always struggled with self-love and she was like, how do I do it? I'm not worthy of love. I do all this stuff. I'm a horrible person. And I'm like, you have to love yourself in there yeah. <laughs> while you're ashamed of yourself. You have to, because yeah. that's the only, you know, that's what, what's real love is what's and all. It's a choice. I think this is the thing. There's mm. in the, in the wellness and the healing world, it's like you heal so you can. It's no, 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 no. You, if you're waiting for something to come along to say mm. that you can love yourself, then no, you have to choose to love yourself in the moment. You know, mm-hmm. one of the big moments for me was, you know, many years ago now reading um, Louise Hayes, You Can Heal Your Life. And, mm. you know, she does mirror work. And it probably took me a month to stand in front of the mirror, look myself in the eye and say, I love you. Because Mm -hmm. every single cell in my body would either go bullshit or literally run in the other direction. So it's like, well, I just kept turning up. I just kept turning. What does self-love look like? Consistently turning up for myself. So it's a choice that you make. And it's just like if you're building a business, if you're if you make a, made a choice to build a business and have an impact and help people, then what do you do? You keep turning up, you keep turning up, you keep turning up. It's exactly the same in the way that you learn to love yourself. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't just go and sit on hills for the fun of it. You don't go through these no. 
you know, times where you, you don't eat, you don't drink, you, you have to, you know, put yourself in this situation. That's not just for the fun of it. It's because it gives you that opportunity to choose love, to choose you. Yeah. You put yourself in a very, very difficult situation because ultimately if I don't put myself in very difficult situations, life's going to do it to me. So I might as well choose it. Choose the challenge. Yeah. So whether it's chosen or seemingly inflicted, let's assume that's chosen at a higher level. Exactly. Um, we all, like Emma's saying, we always have a choice as to how we meet the moment. Yeah. Well, in fact, it's the only choice we have. Exactly, right. meet the moment. Yeah. So, good. In conclusion, November, good. <laughs> Tick. <laughs> um, so, I don't, I mean, was I going to, maybe I'll mention it. I was just, I'm vaguely, I'm, I'm shying away from mentioning, you know, political hot potatoes, but, just I'm very oh, okay. I will. I'm very interested, just personally. Like I think I've spoken about before on this podcast. I live when I'm at my parents' house. My dad watches sport all day long, and the World Cup is currently on. So all we do is watch the World Cup. Yeah, apparently we but just it, lost. Oh, did you? Yeah, last night. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, sorry, commiserations. I mean, you were losing to France, who are the holders currently of the cup. So yeah, no shame. well, one day we'll get there. We'll get there. But but anyway, the point is. What the, when you actually look from a how did this happen kind of perspective, how is, how did we allow the World Cup to go to a country that has awful human rights record? And there was a um, coverage on our, on our local TV, on the BBC in England yesterday, talking about how this, the building of the stadiums for that, for this event is Aside from war, the worst, like in terms of the climate and what it does to, you know, how much resources were spent to build, I don't know how many stadiums in a desert, is the worst thing humans have done for the climate, for the planet, since the war. Like it's the worst possible thing you can do. Mm. And so the logical mind looks at it and it's like, how did this happen? Like, how is this being allowed to happen? But the whole world is looking at the Middle East right now. The whole world has eyes on awareness of the regimes that don't treat women with much respect. Let's put yeah. that mildly. Yeah. Um, that don't treat, you know, low class workers. If you don't have a lot of money, if you're treated pretty terribly. Many thousands of people have died in the building of the stadiums. So on the face of it, it like the indignant part of us would be like, how did we allow this to happen? How are any of these people okay with this? But from the perspective that I look at it through, which is we are in a time of basically lifting up the rug and looking underneath at what's been swept under there. And it's unavoidable. You know, all the major news outlets are having to cover these stories about the regimes in the Middle East. And, And also from my perspective, what wealth does you know, if you have a lot of money, which these oil-rich com- countries do, how much influence they have and how much they can get away with and how much they can buy the whole political machine so that they can carry on with their inhumane yeah. regimes. And it's just, for me, it's like the the spotlight being on that area, particularly with what's going on in Iran, it's just 
it's interesting, you know, from I'm like, okay, so nobody can turn away from this right now because it's all over the, yes, the, the, the theater is the, the sporting event, the world cup, the football world cup, but on a bigger level, we just lifted the rug and we're all yeah. having a darn good look under there. Yeah. And this is the thing, like, if we think about, um, we just take this to any change, right? Any transformational change, we can't change what we don't know. Sure. So exactly. a large part of, of all of this is coming from this place of, well, we needed to know. And yeah. you're absolutely right. This shit shouldn't be happening. However, now it's not just a few people that know or a few people that make it their um, business to know. It's becoming more globally known. And this mm-hmm. is where the power of change comes from. And I think yeah. this is one of the hard parts of living in the the time that we live is because there's an awful lot of looking under the rug. However, when we look and we we discover the things that we did not know, and the more of us that discover the things that we did not know and discover our power, that every single individual does have the ability to change the planet in their own way. Um, This, like the power that comes from that, because ultimately that is what's going to, in my opinion, topple you know, the the top 1% mm-hmm. because, yeah. you know, they can't they can't keep us quiet. You know, I look at people like Joe Rogan who you can't keep him quiet. I don't love him as a human being, let's be honest, but I love what his podcast does because he talks about a shit ton of topics that the mainstream media don't talk about because they all have contracts with the people that have the money not to talk about them. So I say... It's uncomfortable. However, now we know. And once once things come into our, our awareness, then we can change it. And I think that's what is waking up is all about. When we talk about waking up, um, sometimes we can get very high and mighty about it. We should wake up and do all of these really amazing things. Actually, we just need the whole world to wake up so that whatever needs to unfold will unfold. You know, we have to do our part. We have to mm-hmm. no longer ignore the things. You know, it's that thing that we talk about in all personal or spiritual development, um, this thing I hear so often, it's like, oh, shit, once I know, I can't put it back in the box. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. So what mm-hmm. are you going to do about it? So, yeah, mm-hmm. I totally agree. I think it's a beautiful topic to bring up, Jen, that that it's it, it's not easy to hear. It's not easy to experience. However, at least now these things that have been hidden are coming out. It's been such a massive theme for the last three years, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the this well it's not even three years I mean if you look back to the Me Too movement and you know all of that like all that coming up from under the rug that was 2018 no maybe earlier than that yeah so it's like these movements of okay now we're ready to look at this okay now we're ready to look at this like let's keep looking at the inequality let's keep looking at the injustices let's keep looking at what greed does and what money does and how corrupting extreme power is and just keep looking at it and keep looking at it and let it transform as it comes into the light of our awareness. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, yeah. So there's that, I mean, I I feel like that kind of, I had to kind of mention that mm, that is thank you. what I think is, I mean, maybe not the last corner of the world that we, the corner of the rug that we have looked, have to look under. There's probably a few others, but um, certainly that's prominent right now. Yeah. I want to share something really amazing with you. And it's actually one of our new Millions of Millionaires sponsors. So 
to introduce this body graph chart software that we've been using that's been mind-blowing. So I want to welcome the amazing um, Taylor Dyson, who is my incredible operations manager. Welcome along, Taylor. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you here. This is actually um, something that we implemented when? Um, April. Yeah. And this year. we were just trialing it out because they'd reached out to us um, in regards to sponsoring the podcast or something like that, wasn't it? And so it kind of wasn't mm-hmm. even on our radar and we tried it out and we had such low expectations. And then what happened? Well, I remember sending you a message going, Emma, why are we not using this? Because I was mind blown. You know, we get a lot of requests for stuff like that. And, you know, there's new softwares all the time. And I clicked on it, like you said, with very low expectations. And I started looking through what they can do. And I had, I got so excited. You know, the MG in me was like, oh my God, we have to use this. And I saw the potential of it and it has delivered more than expected. It's really awesome. Amazing. Now, before we get into the actual numbers, because I know um, numbers with Taylor is a thing in our business. She loves to share all the all the numbers. Let's just tell the listeners exactly who it's for and what it is. Yeah. So it's a great tool for anyone who uses human design in their business. So if you're a human design reader, a human design coach, or just someone who uses human design in your business, if you, you know, incorporate it into whatever you do, it's a way for you to embed an actual human design chart tool into your website. So, you know, if you want someone to get their human design chart, you probably send them to an outside platform somewhere, you know, oh, go to this website, put in your details and get your chart, whatever that platform might be. There's a couple of big ones. And what's cool about this is that it allows you to put that tool on your own website and it's yours. So when someone comes and, you know, puts their information into your website, they get their chart and then you can hook up, hook it up to your email list, to your newsletter. You can have it linked to your own content. You can customize the reports afterwards that they get, you know, so it's your own descriptions of what, you know, this type is or this profile. So that's kind of what it is. Oh my God, I love it. And it's so cool because I actually remember when Jenna Zoe, because it must be the same software that Jenna Zoe used and before anyone else. Yeah, right. And I was always like, wow, her chart looks so beautiful and it's on her website. That's so cool. So yeah, when we started using it, I was like, this is beautiful. I'm really excited that we can do it. But let's talk hard numbers. Like we have had some serious success with this, um, just adding this to our business. So tell everyone a little bit about the growth that we've experienced through using this. Yeah. So since implementing it into our website in April, there have been over 4,000 people that have downloaded their chart through the website. And that's unique. That's not, um, you know, someone who does it twice because a lot of people will go back because they won't download the PDF or something, or they lost it or misplaced it. That's unique um, chart downloads. So it's even more for double for people doing it twice. Um, and it's been really amazing. It's more than tripled the size of the email list. And, you know, you can set up you know, sequences afterwards for people to, um, you know, give them more information and keep everything in-house. Yeah. And because one of the really big things for us is obviously human design made simple. So it gives us the opportunity to um, give our way of teaching human design directly to the people who want it. And I love that. I love that every single person that wants to get their chart, that downloads it, we can then support them on their journey straight away, which is of course what you set up because you're amazing to make sure that not only do they get their chart, but they also get this support, free content support that helps them as they're 
you know, new to human design and on their journey. So beautiful. So how do people access this? What's it, what's it called? And I know that there's a benefit for listeners of the podcast. Yes. So you can go to the link in the show notes or you can go to bodygraphchart.com. And they have been kind enough to give the listeners of the Human Design Podcast a 50% off discount for 12 months, which is huge because it's already inexpensive to begin with. Um, And then the 50% discount is going to put it at $25 a month. That's in US dollars. So wherever you are in the world, it'll be, you know, a little bit different, but um, 50% off for 12 months. And the code is human design podcast. And we'll put that in the show notes too, for everyone. And one of the other things I want to say that's really cool about this chart tool is that it's hundred percent customizable and it actually gives Chiron and the four arrows, which is what a lot of chart tools don't do that. So that's one thing that a lot of people are drawn to when they go to get our chart from our website is, oh, I can get the arrows because of it or my Chiron gates. I love that. It's so cool. So check out the show notes, people get on it because really it is such a powerful and as Taylor says, inexpensive tool, like it paid for itself in the first two days. I seem to remember or first day I seem to remember. So it's so valuable. Um, and it gives you the opportunity to really build your brand and your communication with your clients. So thank you. Go check it out. So enough of that, enough of our look back, let's look forward. Um, to December. So just a quick top line overview. Um, and again, reminders for anyone who is uh, new to the podcast that there are support documents on my website on the podcast page. The links are in the show notes and it's the wheel of the year documents that I created to give us um, a, a one-page visual of what we're talking about. So the sun, if you're looking um, for where we are now in December, it's near the top of the wheel. There's the December solstice is at the top of the wheel. So we start the month in sacral gates uh, as in because we go into December. Gate nine, gate of focus, and gate five, the gate of rhythm. And I mean, Emma really and I have just really been talking about exactly that. The patience that comes with gate five to let the natural rhythm unfold, the focused energy of gate nine to make sure that we're focusing on what we want and yeah. make sure that we're focusing on the one next step that's in front of us. So this energy, the sun, the the sun energy in the early part of December is perhaps a clearer energy to slow down, pay attention, get some sense of, you know, the details of your personal attunement to the patterns and the cycles that work for you or the patterns and the cycles that you want to see more of in the world. Then the sun moves through uh, gate 26, which is in the heart center, the gate of the egoist, and gate 11, the gate of ideas in the Ajna, which will bring some fuel, some energy, for a certain sense of self-confidence or belief um, and then an inspiration through the gate of ideas. And then at the end, towards the end of the month, as we go into the sort of Christmas holiday period um, for Christian countries, you've got the sun in gate 10, which is the love of the self in the G center, which we just spoke about over the solstice and Christmas that then moves on to gate 58, the gate of joy and vitality, which is in the root the week before Christmas and uh, between Christmas and new year. And then, for New Year, it moves into gate 38, also in the route, um, the gate of the fighter. So if you want to know more about that, we talked about it a lot last year on the December podcast, which is episode 152. So if you want to dig, I'm not going to repeat myself and go, dig into those energies, but that's the And overview. it was cool. It was really cool because you actually like unpicked Christmas and the New Year yeah. and how they play out. It was really cool. So if you didn't yeah. listen to it, please go back. It was a really good mm-hmm. episode. 
And also to say on that, like my awareness and understanding of the or not in human design has really evolved since last year. So I think last year I was talking about it really in terms of is, but there is also the side of that energy that is not. So I just want to talk very briefly about that because Mm -hmm. I think it was one of the biggest conundrums. I don't know if you felt this as well, Emma. When I came to human design and it was like, it's this or it's not this. And I'm like, but that's just everything. So what are you talking about? I couldn't get my head around the or not. So I then, but then as I was contemplating this relatively recently, I had an experience of it. I was like, oh, I see it. It's very clearly or not. So for example, as the sun goes through gate 58, the gate of vitality and joy or not. So it's an amplification of both sides of the spectrum, as far as I can see. It's an amplification of that energy, but it's also an amplification of the other end of the spectrum, i.e. it could be a profound absence of joy and vitality. That feeling of everyone else is joyful. What the hell is wrong with me? Why do I feel not joy? Yes. Same with gate 52, right? Like gate of stillness or not. Either really wanting to sit still or really not. My, yeah, my, my, objection I think like at a intellectual level was this is just human design covering its ass like it's covering all bases therefore it's saying oh it's everything and therefore it's nothing makes no sense but I was I can't remember if I was talking about it on this podcast or if I was posting about it on Instagram but when the sun was in gate 50 which was I think in October um which is the gate of taking responsibility. It's part of this channel of preservation, caring for little ones, especially caring for people who need help, caring for the sick, this really strong caring energy. I was talking about it or thinking about it as the sun was in it. And then I get a WhatsApp message from my on the family WhatsApp group from my sister-in-law saying, um, I'm really struggling. Can someone come and take the toddler for a few hours? And my whole body was like, oh, my God, no, God's sake. Why am I always on call as a fucking babysitter? And I just had this massive or not rant. Like yeah. I'm thinking, I'm talking about or thinking about or even writing about taking responsibility for what the little ones that need taken care of. And then I get invited to do it. And I'm like, hell no, because I really was not in the mood for it. Yeah. And and I was like, that's the or not. Yeah, Absolutely. It's the responsibility or not. Yeah. And it's strong, you know, it's a it's a real amplification of it. So yeah, whenever we're talking about these energies, we're also talking about their opposite. Yeah, 100 percent And the way I kind of look at it as well is potentially it's that it's the shadow. Like you're either expressing it from a place of your 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 whole body, your energy is moving with it. Or your energy is mm-hmm. resisting it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I love that you use Gate Fifty as the example because I always talk about that. You know, it's either taking too much responsibility or not enough responsibility in its shadow. Yeah. You know, so that's yeah. that's kind of how I see it. It's like, yeah. um, it's just the two so- sides of the same coin. That either I'm going to go with it or I'm going to resist it. And I think, you know, it's not a, for me. It wasn't even. Uh, shadow resistance it was just because I'm usually 100% up for dropping what I whatever it is I'm doing and going to hang out with my nephew because he's the best person on the planet why would I not but that visceral no was so strong I mean possibly it was just you know the human the gods of human design showing me this or not energy that yeah, I was exactly giving you an example giving me an example of it but also I follow my 
body when it says no I trust it and so I was left in this like hanging for a moment in this dilemma of at a at an idealized level at a mental level I'm the one who's always up for helping out you know yeah but my whole body is screaming at me not to do it I'm almost in tears at the thought of doing it in fact I think I was into tears I was so no I don't want to do this yeah and I mean Granddad stepped in and took him to the park. It was no big deal. Someone else took the responsibility that I wasn't able to step up to and that my sister-in-law wasn't able to step up to, you know. But yeah. it's like just understanding, like it, it it left me, yeah, in that kind of balance, like everything says no. What do I do? Do I force myself to go and do it or not? And the answer yeah. for me was no, actually. I have to trust that if my body's saying no, someone else is supposed to take this responsibility and it's it's about seeing uh the the world through that lens of collaboration and connectedness yeah. because a no from me is an opportunity for someone else actually exactly. yeah yeah and i think people a lot of us have this i have to do it especially if it's almost always us that does it i still have to do it i'm committed to doing this and it's like no, open if if your body says no, open the door for someone else to say yes. I, I totally agree. And I also think this part this is part of the thing that human design can almost this is where it can become a dogma or not. Mm. Because yeah. at the end of the day, right, we have to, in in my opinion and experience and and you know, everything that Ra said, strategy and authority is the only thing that matters. So for me, it's just the same thing. It, it's why I always say, like, try it on. Does it work for you? Does it? What's true for you? Um, exactly that. Because just because there's a governing energy, it, it, it's like for me, I I love reviewing the transits. I have the transits in my calendar. Do I look at them? No, because the reason I don't look at them is because it. Exactly that. Like I'm just following my strategy and authority. I don't need something external to tell me I need to behave this way or that way. Or, you know, I'm feeling emotional um, and I'm crying about stuff. Oh, it's because of that. Like I'm in emotional low. My authority is telling me to slow down, take a rest. Awesome. Going to do it. So mm-hmm. I think it's part of that as well. You know, it is mm-hmm. that, that it really comes back to that why we need to really listen to strategy and authority. Because even if there is a governing energy, um, we might be guided left or right or up or down um, or just no, like in your case, and that's okay. We mm-hmm. don't have to, you know, it's just that giving our power away, like giving our power yeah. away to something else outside of us. So, yeah, um, yeah, I love that. Great yeah. topic. Well, I think it's important because I'm so, you know, we like to talk about the positive side of things or the 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 heart, the, like the that end of the spectrum of the energy. Whereas I think it's important actually that I caveat that if you're learning human design, it's always a spectrum and it's always the opposite at the same time. So what we're talking about when we're talking about any gate or channel is that whole archetype of that energy, which is it in expression and it in not in expression at the same time. Yeah. Love it. So with that said, if I don't say or not (laughs) all the way through this podcast, just insert it in your own head. Yeah. Love it. Um, okay. So one of the things that kind of jumped out to me when I was looking ahead of uh, December this year is the the channels that are on. So there is a global conditioning channel on all the way through December. I don't think there's a single day without one. Um, and so 
what these are talked about in sort of transit's world is as a global homogenizing agent, as in a channel that the whole planet is experiencing at the same time because it's activated by the transits and it can, could homogenize us, as in it's a strong energy. A channel is kind of a stronger pulse of energy and a different pulse of energy from just a, a gate hanging. So uh, these global conditioning channels is something I thought we might want to talk about. So we're starting the month um, with the 4426, the channel of the transmitter, uh, sorry, the channel of surrender, a design of a transmitter, which connects the spleen to the heart center. And it's actually the only channel in the body graph that does that. It's quite an unusual channel because it cuts, you know, right across the middle from the spleen to the heart. Um, it's going to be activated by the south node in gate 44 and Mercury and then Venus in gate 26. That will be from the 28th of November to the 3rd of December. And then again, 9th to the 14th of December um, when the sun will move into 26. So in in terms of the energy signature of this channel, um, it's an instinctive awareness because it's coming from the spleen. Um, it's tribal circuitry, so it's an instinct, a deeply instinctive awareness of the people in the tribe and what is healthy and beneficial to that community. However, that you des- describe tribe, your family, your close friends, or whoever else, and then it's connected to this really quite strong, the strongest egoic gate, if you like, the gate twenty six. My observation of people that I know in my life who have this channel is that they're pretty strong. Um, and to me, without who doesn't have, I have the 44 twice in my chart, but not the 26. These The energy often feels quite quite forceful. It's like these, because they're transmitting, they want you to know what they know. They really want you to know what they know. They want to sell you on what they know. Yeah, They might even be wanting to manipulate you to agree with them. Um. And so let's, you know, most people are not operating according to strategy and authority because most people don't know about human design. Yeah. And so most of the expressions of that energy that I see in the world are um, usually co-opted by the not self, (laughs) as in they're using their power as someone who's quite convincing to convince you of something that perhaps is feeding the not self. So just to be conscious that that energy is, we're all getting it for a bit. Yeah. So we might want to be a little bit um, savvy, if you like, about who and what we're believing. Um, yeah. Even if someone's really doing a good sales job on you uh, or vice versa, you may feel the urge to be trying to convince other people of what you know about yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that I when you started, I was like, yeah, wow, this is a time where you just want to be conscious of you know, what's not being said, maybe um, conscious of people's intentions. Um, yeah, that, that sort of thing, because it, it is a very powerful channel. And in the shadow expression, it is very manipulative. Um, but in its higher expression, this is also a time that, you know, there could be some really profound, I don't know, speech. There could be something really profound that can really um, transform the the human race or a group of people or whatever that, yeah, as you said, whatever the tribe is, a family, a group of people, mm. a business. So, yeah, I love that word, like just be savvy. I think that's that's important. And my understanding of this as a, like when, because I have for years have struggled with why it's called the channel of surrender. And what I have 
witnessed is that if you think it's not even getting to the throat, it's spleen to heart. Yes, it's the chance they want to transmit mostly verbally what they know about well-being and about confidence, because those are the kind of themes, historical well-being and confidence for the tribe. But when they transmit it as an auric frequency, as in if they're not just talking the talk and they're actually really embodied in their health and their confidence, yeah, it transmits if it's bone deep in them, they don't have to say a word. Yeah. Because the the strength of that channel, and it is a powerful channel, is, is exuding into the aura and the air around them. So I'm like I, I, there's a few people online in the human design world that I know have this channel and I have to unfollow them because I can't it's so pushy it, to me when I when I watch it, it's just like push 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 I know what's best I know what's best for the tribe I know what's best and I'm like oh man this is relentless mm. but when I'm in aura with someone with that channel and they are fully living their embodied confidence and health and genuinely that is a powerful like I'm like yeah what are, what are you doing? Like, as in, I want what some of what you're like, how are you maintaining your health? Or like, I, I'm really curious about the choices that they're making because their energy is saying, it's transmitting to me, I'm healthy and I'm confident. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, just wanted to kind of give the heads up that this first part of, um, I'll give the dates again. It's the 28th of November to the 3rd of December. And then again on the 9th to the 14th of December is these, if we can, we're all getting an opportunity to have awareness because it's coming through gate 44, which is the awareness of what is healthy for all of us as a tribe. If we can really take that on and embody our own confident health and let that transmit out into the world without needing to necessarily verbally sell it to anyone, then I think that's, you know, it could be a pretty powerful frequency for us all to be exploring. Mm, I love it. Can you just tell me what were the first dates? 28th to the 3rd, 20th of November to the 3rd of December. Booyah, masterclasses in there. <laughs> <laughs> so channel of the transmitter for everyone. Love it. And it's it's also worth noting because I have the gate 44 twice um, and it's associated closely with the nose and smell and yeah. the, they use all these kind of like you can smell a rat or you can you can sniff out when someone's genuine or not and because this chat this gate reaches for the gate of the egoist and one of the lines i forget it might be the fourth line in 26 i can't remember, i don't know if you know but there's one where it's like selective memory where it auto deletes to convince you of whatever narrative it's selling so it's one of those energies that when you hear people telling a story from it it's like is that true did that really happen but there's this kind of selective auto deletion that happens because they're so intent on selling you on their story yeah. so it's just when i say savvy it's like and having a nose for for truth like i'm all nose and no ego at the other end so i'm yeah. very sensitive to when people are just bigging their own ego up without actually having yeah. a, a, an embodied truth behind it yeah, yeah, I love it. And, it, you know, it's that also that piece of, like, how attached they are to the outcome. You know, I think that's the biggest yeah, giveaway yeah. with this energy. It's like it is it's big, it's powerful, it can be really pushy. If you feel like you're being pushed um, instead of, you know, something important is being shared with you, yeah, then, yeah, yeah just be yeah. aware. And, 
and that word surrender, like if you're if you have this channel, we're not beating up on you. We're just saying surrender to the truth that you're knowing your instinct is for you, not necessarily yeah. for everyone. Yeah. It's, and it's it, it spleen, spleen is personal health awareness. So yeah. it might that what you're what you're knowing in that like what you you're you're feeling that you want to support people with, because it is a very supportive energy, it's tribal energy might not be the correct support that they need. So if you're not sure, ask someone. <laughs> yeah. What support do you need rather than let me tell you what I think? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Beautiful. So the other major channel, well, one of the other major channels, the thing that I think looks most dominant is this uh, the channel of transitoriness. So we've had Neptune and Gate 36 for a long time, since early March. Um, and it's in it's in its retrograde at the moment. It has been since the end of June. So Neptune's finally going to station direct on the fourth of December, which bring, we were almost in the point where almost all the planets are forward moving um, and out of their retrograde cycles. But um, Neptune's going to continue to be in Gate Thirty Six until April twenty twenty four. So like we are really getting a good couple of years of emotional clear out and crisis and change through the this emotional gate mm-hmm. and as it's stationing direct on the 4th of december that can really amplify the theme of the energy because it's like the planet just goes stop and yeah. holds this space um also on the 4th of december the earth will be in gate 35 gate of progress which is the throat gate which brings this emotional energy into the world uh and then on the 6th of december Mars retrograde will take it back into gate 35 until the 21st of December. So from the 4th of December to the 21st of December, we will have 3536 as a global conditioning agent. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So this is an emotionally manifested channel, one of only two emotionally manifested channels in the body graph. Most of the channels in the body graph that come to the throat are projected energy. So we're Mm -hmm. all kind of used to that wait to be invited before you speak kind of theme um but then the whole planet will have this very powerful energy of bringing their emotional wave into the world it's called the darkening of the light the gate 36 um and change 35 is change in progress yeah. one of the kind of major observations that one could make about this channel is People don't change unless they have to. Mm. We, if if things are kind of all right, we can just trundle along. But if the SHIT hits the fan, it's very hard to carry on. Yeah. And so this is how emotional crisis can force necessary change. Yeah. Yeah. I I hear you. I have the thirty six, yes. and it's definitely something that. Um, oh my God, I resisted. It's so hard, you know, um, so freaking hard. Now I love it and I've mm-hmm. got the resiliency that comes with it. And I love to jump mm-hmm. into new emotional experiences and I've, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like I've got this. However, in resistance, oh, it, it can mm-hmm. be uncomfortable. It, 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 it can be gentle and it can be a punch in the face. Take it from me. <laughs> I mean, one of the beautiful things I think about this channel is 
it's the mouthpiece for adventure if you like mm. it's you know it's the because it's collective circuitry and it's all about sharing and it's about sharing in the experience with one another and then sharing about yeah, what of yeah. changed yeah for for us so there's this big shot in the middle of december of an energy for the whole planet that's like let's collectively have an emotionally transformative experience. Mm, I love it. Now I don't know how that's going to manifest, but there was oh, now. Now I don't know if I'm misremembering, but I'm my kind of observation of um, the death of Queen Elizabeth II was that collectively, let's have an emotionally transformative experience. Let's have an emotional experience that brings change into the world. Yeah. Um, I can't remember if Gate Thirty Five was active at that point, but this uh, but neptune of course working behind the scenes is so i'm interested to see if something happens in december that's that has that same kind of catalyzing effect there's an an experience that unites a lot of humanity emotionally that brings about progressive change eventually mm. sounds exciting. so yeah i mean there's also the just the awareness that this is coming to the throat from the emotional center and most of us, a lot of us, are not usually defined in an emotionally manifested channel. So just be be conscious, particularly on the 4th of December, like does your voice carry like this punch, this power, this almost like a shockwave? I remember when Neptune was in gate 22 and I have gate 12. And as Neptune went into 22, I had this experience where I was in a restaurant giving a waiter my order and my the, the emotional power of my voice he took three steps backwards when I started speaking. I was like, wow, okay, that's what emotional manifested voice does. I'm used yeah. to my little quiet projected voice that doesn't really cause much of a ripple. Yeah. So just be conscious of this, um, yeah, this this wave or this pulse and, and honour the the mood. I mean, maybe you can speak a bit more because I'm, I'm really conscious of the 1222 because I have the 12 and I'm really attuned to that moodiness that antisocial moodiness but maybe you can speak to the flavor of the 36 35 as a yeah as an emotional energy yeah yeah so i suppose one of the big things that i think is you know i always because of course the the 35 was also my bridge gate and both my parents had it so okay um you know it was an energy that was always there for me so it might also be a time that like in emotional crisis that you actually are like oh god i'm not going there I'm going to have a different experience. I'm going to literally, you know, pivot, change, move, something like that. Because I know I always felt that that pressure to move things along. And if things didn't move along emotionally at the speed that I wanted them to, then um, the shadow or the fear would be like, okay, scrap that. Let's just go and do something else. So I think that that's a lot of this energy and, and just being patient with the emotional wave, um, knowing that there's also expectation that sits in there. So being really aware of, you know, if you're having particular conversations or, you know, it's that time where of the year where you're starting to maybe see family that you haven't seen for ages or, you know, you have conversations that perhaps, you know, there's been a while you need to have since you had the conversation or that you needed to have. So just kind of be conscious of that because, I feel like this energy does sometimes need to move and have an experience and um, progress uh, in a way that can be um, uh, almost premature. 
And yes, that's part of what the 36 is trying to teach us. It's trying to teach us that resiliency. It's trying to teach us um, just to, you know, have new experiences for the sake of having the experiences and then learn from them. But I think that would be something I'd be really aware of. Like just be conscious that there is, and, and again, it's that manifested energy. Like do you lash out and just just react to something um, are you not willing to go the the full journey on something else maybe? Um, and it is going to be sort of big and bitey and powerful. If you are patient with this energy though, oh my God, it's beautiful. It's that, that, that I always remember when I got really upset as a kid or, you know, I'd had another like emotional crisis, if you like, and keeping in mind that my mom and dad had the, the 35 or my mom still has it because she's still here. Um, and one of the things that I would love is when I would get to the other end of whatever that emotional crisis was and the sweet satisfaction of processing that emotion of the closer connection to my mom, who of course would be with me to navigate, um, you know, the progress of me as a being like through this experience, I have progressed and I've grown. So I think that would also be a part that I just be aware of, like, you know, that 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 saying that you've heard me say a lot is like, just stay in the room, just mm-hmm. stay in the room. So yeah, that would be mm-hmm. what I would love to add because I think there's, there is so, some of, some of my most beautiful moments have been, you know, we talk about the 35 is the, like the ultimate destination of this circuitry. Mm-hmm. It is the, at the end, it is the final experience. And some of my most favorite moments in my life is is sitting at that place where, wow, I didn't know I had that in me. I, God, that was hard. That was challenging. I didn't see, you know, I couldn't even believe that I would get to here. And and the pure beauty of, I'm going to say, and it's going to sound probably a bit wanky, but the pure beauty of just being human and going mm. through that, that roller coaster and like, wow. You know, this, it was totally worth it because I feel like a, a new version of myself, mm. you know, that, that, almost that reverence that you were talking about earlier. Yeah. And that, um, I mean, that experience that you emotional beings are here to go through that really savoring the depths of our emotional possibility. Whereas for non emotionals like myself, I'm a bit like, wow, that looks like a rough deal. <laughs> Because I don't get the same, because it's not my authority, I don't get the same kind of sweetness out of it. And for the, for me, when there's emotional definition on, either because of a, you know, a transit in one of my hanging gates or in this kind of global way, my usual navigation system goes out of whack, right? Because I can't even hear my spleen because the emotional center is a lot louder. So for those who are perhaps not emotional and maybe splenic, um, we just need to be a little bit aware that our spontaneity and our trust in the truth and the now is maybe not going to be available to us. And we may have to, you know, all adopt the emotional authority strategy to wait it out. Cause that's yeah. what I usually find for me when there's emotional definition on my, yeah, my navigation systems go fuzzy and I can't hear the clarity of my spleen in the way that I usually can. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it just goes back to that piece. Like, just be patient. Just be patient yeah. with yourself. Yeah. Especially before communicating. Yeah. Especially because it's Mars and it's retrograde. So. Oh my God. Bring it like all the fire. Yeah. Um, all right. So the final one, final channel after that switches off, um, on the whatever did I say, 21st. The 
Journal of Awareness, the 21, uh, sorry, the 6124 in the head to Ajna is going to be activated from the 23rd of December all the way through to the 4th of January. That'll be activated by the North Node in 24 and uh, Mercury in the gate 61. And you might say, Mercury in a gate for that long? That seems unusual. Yes, that is correct. Mercury is going to be retrograde. Um, so it's going to go retrograde on the 29th of December. So it'll be entering its pre-retrograde shadow on, what was that, the 23rd of December? So again, let's talk about this channel as a global conditioning agent. We've had a lot of it in the last few years because Pluto was in gate 61 for a very long time. So there was quite a lot of activation here. Um, channel of awareness, design of a thinker, here to explore the mysteries of life. But notably, it's pressure center. It's a pressure to figure things out at a mental level. And it's quite hard to figure things out mentally uh, on the physical plane. It's like figuring out what is happening on the physical plane at a mental level is actually quite hard to do. We've been trying to do it probably since the beginning of human thinking. <laughs> you know, we uh, this is what our like um, mystical traditions are trying to do. It's trying to bring awareness to what is true in the now for me, what is knowable. And so this energy, the 6124, is the pressure to know the unknowable, which seems like a stupid thing, right? Why would you try and know something that's unknowable? I kind As of feel in, like the answer is just because we're human. <laughs> well, because of this pressure, right? Yeah. It's it's going to make for some great Christmas lunch um, conversations. I mean, sure. That was exactly my thought. It's like yeah. this is going to be an interesting discussion point. Yeah. While everyone around the table is trying to know the unknowable, my take on that, knowing the unknowable, is um, the great mystery. And why can't we just let some things be a mystery? And why can't we just let them be mentally unknowable? Um, because I do believe that they're knowable, just not at a mental level, as in I believe the mm. heart knows. I believe yeah. the depths of our consciousness knows, but the mind in its in its separate separated binary where it believes itself to be separate from everything mm. can't really know yeah so what about this oh, sorry, go ahead. I jumped in too early no it, I'm, I'm taking it in, in a slightly different direction because one of the things for me that comes up is like yeah the, the, this is a time where people come together and they come together in you know celebration and and communication and and maybe this is a time of, you know, real reflection on the truth because, you know, mm -hmm. as you say, Pluto's mm -hmm. been at 61 for a really long time and yeah. there's now a lot of truths that were, you know, told that they weren't truth, that they were conspiracy theories, that were, they were, you know, um, the people were crazy, like all of this stuff. So maybe this is a time where it's going to be really important that, everyone sitting around the Christmas table actually just has the discussion, you know, what do you think? You know, what, what do you feel? Um, you know, how do you feel about the truths that are coming out about whatever subjects, you know, um, I'm sure people know what I'm kind of alluding to, but I, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to make this about something that it's not, but I actually think that that's potentially part of what could be going on as well. Like starting to say, okay, wow, that shit was true. You know, that actually was true um, and starting to open conversations. And when these conversations open, um, 
this is where I really think the power is coming into the individual because, you know, again, we're making what was unknown known. Um, I know I'm going the complete opposite way for you. What was unknown <laughs> is known. Um, mm-hmm. And all of a sudden people are really waking up. Yeah. You know, they're not going to trust the next big, you know, like you have to listen to us because we know best for you. Uh, actually, you don't. So I think that's like also mm-hmm. a potential it's yeah. not as like well, wise and Buddhist as yours, but I still think it's potential. <laughs> well, that's why there's two of us here, right, Emma? Exactly. So that we get two perspectives. Yeah. Um, well, but well, you're, you're quite right because I mean, again, when we when I spoke earlier about the centering uh, circuit around this, I know I'm lovable. I know I can experience universal love. This is part of, like by extension, part of the same circuitry. Yeah. It's about knowing or not knowing, and. Um, there are moments when we know because it comes in a pulse and there are moments when we're completely in the bl- in the dark again, um, in the not knowing. So it's the energy to know or not at a yeah. mental level what is true for you. And let's be very clear, <laughs> we're unlikely to agree because yeah. individual knowing is for you, yeah. for your journey. It's not for anyone else. It's irrelevant mm-hmm. to them pretty much. It's, yeah. I mean, of course, it, it's possible that your knowing might resonate with someone else's knowing, but it's not going to be identical ever. How Herein, I perceive truth is different from how yeah. you perceive truth. And herein lies the problem, right? You know, we're all trying it, to it, homogenize our knowing and we can't. Yeah. Or we're all trying to break free from the homogenized knowing that's being fed to us. Yeah. Um, and on that note, what I would invite everyone listening is sit around the Christmas table with curiosity, not judgment, yes. with yes. curiosity. That's all, you know, because no one is right, wrong, good or bad. You know, as yeah. you're saying, Jen, like this is all about our own unique individual journey. Like one of the reasons that I don't go deep into these conspiracy theories, which, you know, I love a lot of this stuff. I'm fascinated by it because of the human behavior side of it, but I don't go into it because one of the things that you know, one of my guiding principles is to empower. And mm-hmm. I don't believe they're at that place yet that we can really talk about these subjects really openly without at some point making someone right and someone wrong. And I don't sure. want to do that. I, and I, this was the thing that um, I love about what you just said and, and what I would invite everyone around the Christmas table, just be curious, leave judgment at the mm-hmm. door because we are all creating our own reality. That's the yep. truth. Yep. So if we yep. come from a place of curiosity and like what is our truth and, and you know, one thing I love doing, I've always said for years, like I would much rather sit next to someone at the dinner table that I can't stand that has a differing opinion to me than sitting next to someone that I like that's going to talk about the weather. So mm-hmm be curious. Like, what is your truth? And the only way you can discover the truth for you is yes, of course, strategy and authority and just being open, being open to what other people think and have experienced and they bring to the table. So yeah, do it from a place of curiosity and, um, and knowing that we are all different. We are all going to experience this or have experienced the last, well, our, our entire life the way we wanted to experience it. And there's no place for judgment around that. No, I mean, I call it casual gaslighting where we're questioning and challenging someone else's knowing because Mm. it's not for us to, that's not for us to do that. It's not for me to challenge someone else's truth. Yeah. Yeah. I I totally agree. Ask questions, ask questions, be curious. You know, I always remember having, 
you know, one of the things for Justin, um, especially, and he's a cross of obscuration. So he's like the epitome of what we're talking about. Um, and I remember, you know, early in 2020, um, he was quite willing to share his opinion, but he always wanted to talk to the people that had a differing opinion because he was curious. He just wanted to know. He just wanted to see how people came to that conclusion and mm-hmm. and what, you know, what research had they done. And, and mm-hmm. you know, he was so often shut down and he was never going to say, well, I think this and I'm right and you're wrong. He was just mm-hmm. so curious about everything. And I think this is really that that piece that um, you know, and I feel like because I've got the gate seventeen in that in my IQ in quite a prominent place, like really being open to other people's opinions is this is going to be an important time for that because it's your truth with a capital T that you're looking for, yeah. not to put your stuff onto somebody else. That's not what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah, I mean this this is a knowing. This is a divine inspiration. This is a, this is a like one of your moments in the shower. This is a bang. Oh yeah. I get it for me. Like there is, a, of course, a natural tendency to want to share that with other people, but especially if you've got a lot of collective circuitry, but really being allowing yourself to sit with it and letting it work on you. Because if you think about the way that channel would access the throat through the same circuitry, the 4323, the genius to freak, people are going to think you're a weirdo unless they're really, really open to hear what it is that you know. So that's, yeah, over the Oh, my Christmas God, period, I feel like I want to is... sit around lots of tables and hear lots of conversations. I love this stuff. <laughs> well, where will you be, Shallow? Uh Yeah, we'll be in Switzerland. Whoop, 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 so, whoop, whoop, whoop. You'll have lots of opportunities. Yeah, I just can't understand the language. I don't speak French yeah. or German. So does, um, uh, what do I mean, so does Justin does. So he'll understand what's going on, but I don't. It's all right. You can resonate at a deeper level, mate. Exactly. <laughs> Body language, right, baby. So- so those channels are global conditioning for December. Um, let's move on to talk about Mars retrograde. Um, so it's in the throat gates. It's been in gate 12, gate 45 in November. It's going to roll into gate 35 and then gate 16 in December. It will be state Mars gen- as a, uh, where it will be. It's going to be stationed in throat gates all the way through till mid-March which I think is going to perhaps mark the transition of out of this process. Um, it is also, um, I was listening to Pam Gregory, legend astrologer, who was talking about Mars being out of bounds at the moment, which is an astrological term for it being outside of its normal e- ecliptic orbit. So mm-hmm. it, this out of bounds, um, for Mars anyway, could be creating slightly out of control situations. But what it's could be doing there is freeing up uh, the energy to create or manifest in a completely or act in a different way. If you think about what the throat mm. does, it creates, it manifests, and it acts. With Mars out of control and or out of bounds in throat gates, we're like we talked about at the beginning. We can feel this energy of I want to act differently. I want to speak differently. I don't. I, I'm, I'm my identity is shifting. I don't even know who I am anymore. This whole kind of energy. Um. So pay attention to that. What is how is Mars uh shaking up the way that you historically or traditionally speak or mm. act? And mm. my um what I found really interesting about this was so in traditional astrology, Mars is retrograde in Gemini. When you look at the wheel of the year one, 
you if you look at where Gemini is and then you look at the correlating uh, human design gates, they're all throat gates. So Gemini is often associated with thinking, but it's in human design it's associated with actually speaking because it's the throat gates. Mm. And I think, you know, if I look at that, I can understand why traditional astrology would think would say that because how do we know what someone's thinking? Because it's what they're saying generally. Yeah. Oh, I love but that. With the nuance of human design, we have this. Um, there is it, regardless of whether it's thinking or speaking, it's communicating. Mm. Mars is retrograde in the center for communication. Um, Channing Nicholas, who's another astrologer that I follow, made this unbelievably hilarious observation that where is there uh, a lot of action, possibly even destruction? You know, Mars is the god of war in a communication center, Twitter. So since Mars went into this retrograde, one of the biggest kind of global centers for communication has got a bit of the old Marsy Mars going on, a bit of um, chaotic, out of control energy dancing around in it. So that was, I thought, a rather charming observation. I love it as well because I love when, you know, when we share or experience just real life examples of how this energy shows up because it's like, oh, my God, that's what it's like, you know. That's my line three, bring it down to earth, baby. I love it. Yeah, and, I mean, Mars is, you know, what we would call one of the personal planets Um, and one might consider what's happening with Elon Musk and Twitter to be more of like a cultural or a global influence. But actually, for most people, Twitter is very personal, as in it is the place where they get their voice heard. It's the place where they can get access to communicate and exchange ideas with almost anyone, you know, regardless Mm -hmm. of status or power. So um, it, I mean, I don't use Twitter. and I I was was just about to ask you, are you on Twitter? No, absolutely not. Never even, never ever. I couldn't think of anything because, worse. People because just attack each other. It's awful. Yeah. It, for me, it looks like too much of a – I think when you're trying to communicate in such with such brevity, you tend to be um, kind of rude, you know, yeah. and a bit direct. Reckless. I think it, force, it forces that kind of um, – what's the word? Reductionist communication, whereas actually yeah. I think most effective communication is – more nuanced than that and i think twitter as a platform doesn't allow for elaborate and and nuanced and complicated communication you know that's that was my observation i went on it i was in social media as my job i was digital projects director at the time when twitter launched so i went on it because it was a new social platform out of curiosity and very very quickly i was like i no i just can't Mm. I'm pretty verbose with my communication. I like to talk around subjects and like weigh up the all the nuances and look at it from different perspectives. And I just felt like there was no opportunity for that there. Yeah. So yeah, but regardless, I mean, and of course, it is you know the set the, the world center of trolling. So oh. I, I'm no. not upset, and I mean, I know it affects people's livelihoods, and I I also appreciate that it is a platform for for communication for people perhaps who don't have much of a voice, but also I'm not that bothered if it comes crashing down mm. um, personally. Mm. But I'm I'm very entertained or like um, interested in the potential for this Mars retrograde through the throat centre as, um, as a conditioning agent on this situation. Oh, love it. So, yeah, 
immaturity as well as a theme of Mars and, you know, forceful or immature expressions of how we feel with it, with the, the situation with the 36. So it's all just, is there a reimagining of what we're willing to talk about or even able to talk about? There's a whole thing with Mars yeah. that I think we will probably get more clarity of in retrospect. Yeah. I think that, you know, as you were speaking as well, the other thing that came up for me is like that immaturity piece, like potentially even those inner child wounds. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, because I, I was who was I? I was saying to someone recently, it's like my inner child, I, I haven't seen her like for such a long time now. Mm. Um, and I can't remember what happened, but something happened and there she was. And I was like, oh, my God, I have not seen this energy or this reaction mm. for the, like I would have to say I could maybe like a year, two years, maybe even longer. Um, so maybe that is also what Mars is going to trigger in people, like, you know, your trauma response. So just be aware that, that your inner child might come out and react when instead you want to just be responding. Yeah. I mean, it moves from 35 into 16 from the 22nd of December until the 12th of of January and 16 is much cooler energy you know you've got 35 over in this kind of hot passionate kind of circuitry from the emotional center 16 coming from the spleen logical cool calm um skillful masterful and it's only going to get into lines six five and four in its its journey into 16 and 16 as an energy is about life as life as an artistic expression you know this enthusiastic like desire to master the art of living yeah so i think it's going to take on a very different flavor when it gets into that that gate i love 16 it's my design earth just Mm. love it yeah so yeah we'll talk maybe more about that in january when we see perhaps what this activity in 16 is doing but so that's mars in its retrograde so far um Another important thing to talk about is the nodes, which are going to shift gate for the first time in over four months. Um, So let me check the day. It's happening soon. We are recording on the 23rd. They move on the 27th of November. Um, And so the nodes are said to provide a trajectory, like a storyline from where where we've come from, what we're working through, what we've perhaps um mastered or really understood and then what we're here to learn so this trajectory from south to north foot gate 44 being the south node gate 24 being the north node so um we've already spoken about these two gates in relation to the channels that they're part of 44 being part of the channel of the transmitter the channel of surrender that energy from the spleen to the heart 24 being part of this 6124 channel head to ajna mm. so I don't want to. Um, sorry, Emma. Do you want to? If I if, can, can I? May I? May <laughs> oh, my, my oh, like? Oh my god! I want to say something to this <laughs> trajectory. Forty four, mm-hmm. oldest gate in the design. The 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 caveman, or let's be honest, whatever came before the caveman. Because anyway, not even going there. Have you been watching Ancient Apocalypse? Oh my god, it's no. amazing. Anywho, um, so you know that really survival human in the body. Um, moving forward to 24 in the mind answers like the to the big questions this mm-hmm. yes addiction to thinking which I feel like is that transition it's what we're going into right mm-hmm. um, but the mm-hmm. other side of it 
you know, like, are we talking thinking or are we talking consciousness? So for me, straight away, mm. that's the trajectory that just popped out. Yeah. Thoughts? Uh, well, let's. I what I did was looked at the gene keys because I've looked. We've already looked at it from a human design perspective in this podcast. So, the oh, I love that shadow gift and city for the forty four interference teamwork synarchy, and I will explain those terms from my understanding anyway. And then the twenty four, like you say, addiction, addiction to thinking, invention, and silence. So, in the south node in forty four. Like Emma says, very old gate, practical, tribal, relational, you know, all about how humans get on as a tribe and, and what we're capable of together. But at its shadow level, it's interference. And I would suggest that we are being encouraged to stop interfering with other people. We've already spoken about this, right? Like simply allowing people to express their own natural gifts and then finding a way to make that work as part of the team, you know, teamwork being the gift rather than trying to get people to fit into the structure let the structure evolve around the people so that each person's gifts are brought to the to the fore and then synarchy as a cidic estate so the synarchy is a word that kind of means um every individual working as part of the whole but in a really authentic and individual way it's yeah it's, i looked Go ahead, sorry. Go I got ahead. so excited no, no, the other day because I looked it up the other day because Richard Rudd talks about it all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Little Miss 43 over here, I want it simple, and I got the best, the best response. Synarchy, joint rule, joint sovereignty. And I'm mm. like, ah, mm. that's it. Mm. Yeah, exactly. It's transcending the homogenized judgmental society and it's genuinely celebrating the unique contribution of every single individual and that is going to take some work that is going to like if you think about let me just repeat that the unique contribution of every single individual all of them yeah i love all it of them, it's no the exceptions exactly purpose of human design in my book so we one might consider the people that we think are making no contribution to society and maybe rethink rethink the way that we think about that yeah uh, everyone like, is performing a function a hundred percent. And it's that thing, you know, it's that there is no such thing as right, wrong, good or bad. Like I know there's plenty of people in power that I don't agree with, mm-hmm. but these people in power that I don't agree with that are making decisions and choices, they are just in, like, I'm just talking about my world, my experience. They are catalytically driving me to make different choices. So mm-hmm. You know, if the, if if those people weren't there doing the things that they're doing, I couldn't fully be me because nothing would be, mm-hmm. you know, um, nothing would trigger me, and therefore I wouldn't go somewhere. So I, yeah, yeah. I think that's the thing. Like, we really have to understand that there's a lot of a lot of people on the planet, and every single one of us, no matter our mental ego definition, good, bad, right, or wrong, everyone is playing the role they came here to play. It's interesting you say there's a lot of people on the planet. We just passed the 8 billion mark a couple of days ago. Oh, how I? So there's a lot of us here, 8 billion of us. Mm. So, yeah, the victim state, if you think about 44 as a victim state, is being distrustful and misjudging about the motivations of others and basically feeling isolated from them, and I'm putting them in inverted commas. Um, when, like Emma says, in truth we're part of the whole. Everyone's performing a function. You might not want to perform the same function hopefully not but like you can at least appreciate that there is a place for everyone here 
Absolutely. as Karen Curry Parker would say, a vital and irreplaceable part of the whole. Mm. And then the North Node in 24, where we're moving towards or what we need to learn. So 24 is the gate of return. And it's this energy to keep going until you realize something, keep returning to something. Oh, are you kidding me? Like just thinking about it in that frame, like, hello, planet Earth. Just keep thinking. Just, yeah, we're we're still going. Oh, yep, we're still we're still destroying it. Yep, we're still destroying it. It's yep. time to make different choices. Yep. yep. So there's there's a potential. I mean, of course, our addiction to overthinking as a planet is being undermined by human design as a system because, of course, human design is saying uh-uh, the mind is not your authority. But that overthinking is hard habit to break for a lot of us. And so what 24 is inviting us into is a genuine genuine um, innovation in, in, in our thinking, perhaps a way of drawing conclusions that could become genuinely innovative, something new, not seen before, breaking an old habit pattern of thinking, not thinking about things in the same way, and um, creating new neural pathways, this um, work of pattern interruption. You know, if there's this old looping way of thinking about something that does not serve you anymore, the I think the North Node in 24 is bringing in the possibility of a real break in that in that cycle. Oh, I love that! A real shift in the way that we think about things. Yeah, maybe even the way that we think about thinking. Mm. And instantly, I think of that thirty-five, that thirty-six, thirty-five, like um, something. And and then what what did you say at the beginning? There was something else that's like there's there's this big energy that that who knows what it's going to be, and maybe this is that that repatterning of wow, our paradigm just shifted. Well, what's the city? Silence. Mm. When I say <laughs> a revolution in our thinking about thinking, I'm thinking we stop thinking. <laughs> Yeah, that's my kind of because then we rest in the cosmic silence from which the truth is known. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's my um, meditate, people. Meditate. Hopeful aspiration. Looking for the gaps, people. Come on. Sorry, practical. Can't help myself. (laughs) Looking for the gaps. Exactly. Well, I mean, I'm also a line five man. I'm here for the practicality. Um, Yeah. So the the nodes are doing that, and it's only it's a relatively short transit, just two months. but pretty, pretty influential. Mm, I think. I love that. So, uh, last thing I want to talk about is Mercury retrograde. So, um, it's coming up at the end of December, which means it will be um, going into its pre-retrograde shadow throughout December. So, if you're looking at the wheel of the year and you want to sort of have a look at where Mercury retrograde is going to be, it's um, in the second half of the fourth quarter of the year. So, if you look at the wheel of the year, look at the top to where the solstice is and look to the left-hand side of that and you'll see gate 10 onwards. So Mercury will start to slow down. Usually Mercury does about a gate in about three days at its normal pace. So it spends about three days in a gate. When it enters pre-retrograde shadow, it starts to slow down. So it spends a bit longer in gates. And then when it goes retrograde, it'll be maybe a week or so in each gate. First, it's going to be in gate 58, gate of vitality or joy. Then into gate 38, gate of the fighter. So these are right gates. Then on the 13th of December, it goes into um, 54, 
gate of ambition. Mm-hmm. And finally, or um, enter gate 61, which we've, again, spoken about in terms mm, of its relationship it's to the It's a big player 24. at the moment, isn't it? It's really such is. a big player. Yeah. It enters there on the 23rd of December, so two days before Christmas, and then it will station retrograde in gate 61 on the 29th of December. And that retrograde will then take it back through 54, 38, and 58 up until the 18th of January when it will station direct and go through them all again. So if you think about a retrograde, it slows down in these four gates, retrogrades back through them, and then moves forward through them. So rocking back and forth over these energies, if you're looking at the wheel of the year, you'll see that you know because they're in the final part of the quarter of mutation, they're the kind of energies that we... Uh, experience when we go through the end of the year process leading up to the gate 41, the start codon. So that process happens in early January with the sun, but Mercury is doing this interesting kind of retrograde Mm. and kind of pulse back and forth through these energies in advance of that. First pattern that one might spot is that they're all pressure gates. They're all in pressure centers. There's three in the root and one in the head. Mm. So there's three sources of fuel for example, the root is this fuel. Um, this, I mean, there's a reason that there's no direct channel from the root to the throat because it's too strong. Mm. This fuel needs filtering. So the fuel of gate 58 is the fuel or desire to perfect life through the lens of health. If you think about this, um, joy because it points up at gate 18, which is the gate of correction or seeing the problem, seeing the flaw, the thing that might be corrected. And it's in the spleen, so it's about physical health. So we have Mercury um, emphasizing or communicating the fuel or the desire to perfect life through the lens of health in the collective understanding circuitry. So maybe we get more collective understanding about how to live a healthy life, for example. Mm, love it. 38 is the fuel for knowing. So it then moves into the individual circuitry, the next one along, the fuel for knowing whether or not life has purpose or meaning for you personally. It's the individual knowing circuit. So we've just spoken about the individual knowing circuit in the 6124, this this kind of inspired thinking, mental awareness energy. This is uh, a very different energy, but in the same theme of, is this personally meaningful for me? Does this, whatever it is, this thing that I'm struggling with, because it's part of the channel of struggle, give me personal meaning. Does it aid my feeling of purposefulness in this life? 54 is the fuel, like again, move it moves into the tribal circuitry then, the fuel or the need to be driven or to rise up or to transform your life. And that, I th- my observation of it is it manifests materially and then it manifests spiritually. And it's not to say that those the two things need to be separate, but my general observation is that People achieve everything that they've been trained by our materialist society to achieve. And then they get to a point and they're like, oh, is this it? I'm here now. There must be more. And it's often then that their attention turns to spiritual transformation. Yeah. Um, But because it's tribal and supportive, it's about basically getting more resources for the people that we feel connected to. So pressure gates, intense fuel. Um, these energies can feel pretty intense unless we're able to move them physically, often through the body. So there is a tendency over the festive period to move less, I would say, certainly in the Northern Hemisphere, and I would say move more because of this pressure mm. in the root. In the root. 
as in it's it, it's going to feel restless and uncomfortable if it's got nowhere to go. Yeah. I always think the root center for me, um, I mine's undefined, Justin's is defined. Um, it's the center that like when I see a defined center in a projector, this a root center, I'm just like, yeah, like you have impact and power and energy, you know, yep, it's not consistent. However, like it's a very powerful energy, very powerful. I see it in just all the time. Yeah, my nephew is a projector with a root to spleen and when he's on, he's going. Oh, yeah. He's but, going. Yeah. And I know as a person with an undefined spleen and thinking about those gates because it's the the, the 58 um, just has, sorry, the 38 just has. So even just being in that energy, you know, I'm really aware of it. It's just that. Like I can feel like, God, hurry up, like move. Just it can feel really uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so all of that. Uh, and then when it actually goes into retrograde, it will be in 61. So, you know, we've talked about this ad infinitum on this yeah. podcast. So, but it's, you know, the pressure to figure stuff out, pressure to make sense of the mystery of life. So we're just basically the theme of Mercury retrograde is pressure, basically, physical pressure. Oh. And, I just, and mental pressure. And I think it's also just this, there's this, just this real theme of getting to your truth, you know, capital T. Like it's a big theme for, for December. Like we have been through some pretty freaking intense years and just mm. reflecting and asking yourself, to, you know, what is true for me? What what have I learned? Who have I become? How have I grown? Um, yeah, that's what comes to me. It's like a time that really take care and nurture, even though there's going to be this pressure to, um, you know, be in the game. Also, just be aware that it's just been a huge few years and the world is changing at light speed. And that means whether we're willingly going or we're being pulled along, um, you know, change and transformation is also happening for us. So, Really, I really think dancing with this, you know, that capital T, I feel like 61 is just leading us so powerfully at the moment. So, yeah. Yeah. And truth can be uncomfortable and truth can be uh, not what we wanted, <laughs> like mm. the uncomfortable truth, the inconvenient truth. But it's like the truth is being highlighted so, so, so strongly. It's unavoidable. And what we were saying earlier about, you know, your the things that, that you're personally ashamed of or that you've personally been denying in yourself or in like you don't want to be that, but you are that, all of that. This the Neptune in this gate of that's ultimately its highest expression is compassion, is holding space for all of this stuff that's true. Um, we might not like it, but it's true to come to light so we can actually hold it in compassion and let it be transformed. Yeah. in the light of truth you know it's like because I, I mean certainly I know you will attest to this I attest to this I wasn't I could not be at peace with myself while there were parts of my psyche that I had denied judged and walled off I could not be at peace I thought misguidedly that the way to happiness was to deny all the parts of myself that I was ashamed of and all the things that I'd done that I wasn't proud of if I just pretended that they didn't happen or convinced myself that I was not that person I'd be happy and that is absolutely the opposite of happy yeah happy is 
sitting here in my skin with all the aspects of myself and being able to be compassionate and mm. loving towards them. And I think that's where basically where we're getting to. It's uh, and, and let's be clear, if we can offer that to ourselves, we have to offer it to every other human on the planet, regardless of how abhorrent we think their actions are. Yeah. We have to be able to offer the same compassion and non-judgment yeah. to them. I agree. And I think the thing that that I want people to understand as well is like this this comes from the heart, you know. As we yeah. we give that to ourselves, we can't help but give it to others. You know, like a lot of the reason I don't talk about, you know, big topics like that on the podcast is because I'm not going to be the opinionated yelling from the top of the, you know, the building mm-hmm. um, saying, you know, bad person because then that's how I treat me, you know? Yes. Um, so this is, you know, I agree. I feel like we're getting to that place where we're starting to learn that we don't have to agree with people. We don't have to share their opinions. We don't have to even think what they're doing is good for the the planet or the people. However, when we can hold compassion for ourselves and we are holding compassion for them, we no longer invest in all of this energy. Yeah. So this thing about this piece about, um, what we denied in ourselves. I just I'll share a really personal example because it's actually something that's really transformed um my ability to feel love. And I realized in the course of the last week or so that I had been I had completely denied the the, the strength of my love and the passionate my intense loving passionate nature completely blocked it off and I looked I've done a good look back and I think I just love so intensely when I love like it's I mean you imagine as a projector with no motors I just take the whole other being in and just I just love them so much I see so much potential in them so my capacity for loving is so profound and intense that most people can't receive it and run a mile from it especially when you're a teenager and you're trying to love a teenage boy like that and they're like oh my god this girl is really stalkery I'm leaving and so I think early on I learned that this power and the strength of my own loving passion is way too much for people and so I just I've buried it I completely buried it and just in the last week or so I've managed to get access to it and I'm giving myself permission to love as intensely and as fiercely as I as, as wants to flow through me. Oh, I love I'm, that. I'm just not directing it at any one person particularly because it's too much for most people to handle. And I'm diffuse I'm allowing it to diffuse so that I can love everyone that I come into contact with as intensely as I used to try and love my teenage boyfriends. I'm I love that you know it's so interesting as you're speaking it reminds me of you know one of the classes that Ra did you know when I was doing all the learning around sex and intimacy and he literally he spoke about that projector you know within a relationship like they can be the most incredible partners because they you know they and I think he, him being him, he even used the word, they penetrate your energy, you know, like yeah, yeah. it is all about you. 
Um, and then if that person that they're with doesn't have that the worthiness or, you know, they've not given them the invitation, like, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I remember reading that and thinking like even from the other side of it, being married to a projector, like he had the invitation and that was, it was all enveloping and it still is to this day. So I, I just, I can, I don't know what that's like, but I I remember like reading and studying it and thinking, wow, that's that's big. I mean, it's it feels now that I've got access to it, I can understand how sad it made me because I was there's this river of love trying to pour through me, and I've blocked it because it's not in like safe. It was viewed as not safe, and it's it's just it's heartbreaking to not be able to express the love that wants to come through you as a being, and now that I'm getting access to it, I'm like, oh, I feel so like a dam has come down inside of me, you know, like this river is finally able to flow and get whoever is in front of me wet. <laughs> I'm like, sorry, guys, if you were trying to stay dry, the river of Jenny's love is going to get you soaking wet. Um, I love it. But it's like, I no longer care if it's rejected. Like if that yeah. person is, you know, putting their raincoat on and their umbrella and trying not to get wet, I'm, that doesn't mean I'm not going to pour it at them anyway. Mm, I love that. And and you know what? That is what we're all moving towards because that's unconditional love. You know, that's what unconditional love is all about. It's like, okay, I'm just going to love you, you know? Like I love. I think that's so incredibly powerful. And it's like unconditional love is courageous and it's powerful and it's not fucking easy. Like. Yeah. I have kids and people like you have unconditional love for your kids, but there's times where you're like, no, it's totally conditional, you know, like, <laughs> please, I've ha- I can't, yeah. I just can't. So, yeah. you know, like even in the places that it's made the easiest for us, it, it unconditional love is, you know, really striving for that is beautiful. And it's, but it's confusing. Like in here, it's confusing because I, it gets muddled up with attachment and lust and personal love and like, it's a big old cocktail and what like just allowing that need for recognition or that need for reciprocation or whatever yeah. it is to come to just as the river flows it brings all of that detritus with it you know it brings all the logs and the weeds yeah. and the plants it brings it all with it and i'm just i'm what i'm saying is you know we were talking about the things you've denied within yourself i had repressed this and denied it and built a wall around it so big and to allow myself to get in touch with my own passion and desire was really hard. Yeah. Like I, I, I had to be really present with it and compassionate with it as the shame around it came up. Yeah. No. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm, I'm giving this as an example because there is this, of course, this huge fear around bringing the wall down because we're afraid it's bad. But what I've discovered is what I had labeled as, the worst part of me which was my intensity is actually probably the best part of me yeah when it's when i'm allowing it to flow in a way with a lot more awareness and maturity and and presence you know yeah or attachment to where where it has to land exactly exactly giving it i love that so powerful well, I think uh, if you're all finished, leaving this on unconditional love, I believe is a great place to end. So thank you so much, Jen. It's been great. Uh, wonderful. As always, Emma, love having these conversations with you. And I love the one-way conversation that I'm having with all of you, with my me in your ears and Emma in your ears. 
So thank you as always to everyone listening and all the feedback we get. It's just so, it's so lovely and heartwarming to know that this, this work really, really impacts you. Yeah, I absolutely concur. I think that um, we are very lucky to be able to do what we do and be able to really help people at the same time. So thank you everyone for being here, for listening to the end yet again. It's been a long one, but I think it's been a goodie. So enjoy. Thanks for being here. And I look forward to having you all on the next podcast. Bye for now. Thanks everyone for being here all the way to the end of the podcast. I hope you got lots of value out of it. I certainly had a lot of fun doing it. Could I please ask that you share this podcast with friends if you found it valuable? And also, bonus points, could you leave a review for me as well on Apple? It would be greatly appreciated. If at any point you would like to be on the podcast or you've got questions that you'd like me to discuss on the podcast, by all means, get on my socials and DM me. Everything you need is there in the show notes. Have an awesome day. Bye for now.